Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Career Cafe and the Industry Insights Podcast. This is where we bring you insights into how to make work work better for you. Today, we're exploring skills and mindsets you need to develop on the way to the C-suite. And to help us do that is someone who knows all about it. I'm joined by the Chief Executive Officer of Fine Choice Foods, Jason Longden. Jason, welcome and thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. No problem, Jeremy. It's my pleasure and uh, really pleased to engage with you today on this uh, on this topic. So really excited and looking forward to this. Great. Well, I want, I want people to, to, to learn a little bit more about your background as well. So before Fine Choice Foods, Jason, you were also the Chief Operating Officer of Silver Hills Bakery. That's um, correct. And before that, the COO of Garden Protein International. So you've been operating at the sea level for some time. Yeah. Um, you're also the board chair of the uh, Manufacturing Safety Alliance of BC. I am that as well. You, you are correct. Which, you, which you've been involved with for some time, have you not? Yeah, I've been on the board for uh, for six years now, and uh, I've been the vice chair for uh, the last two years. And um, it's interesting. I was actually supposed to. Um, it was actually my last term on the board. Um, the last two years was my last term uh, officially. But with the um, you know with the onset of COVID and and how the world is changing, um, you know I offered my services to continue in a you know extraordinary uh, fashion um, to to continue to work with the with the alliance and and help the board, especially with so many new board board members coming on board. Yeah. Um, you know, so I offered to to stick around for for an extra year, and it just so happened that uh, during that time, uh, the chair of the board also. Um, transitioned uh, back to the UK uh, for for a, uh, an opportunity, and so um, I offered my services to step up to chair, and and it's it's my pleasure to do that for the alliance. Uh, I've been you know passionate and and very involved with them for for many many years. So yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of what's going on. Great. Well, the um, the involvement with an industry association. I mean, this this is a is this a, a volunteer role, or how how did you find yourself in uh, in that position? Yeah, they're a non for profit organization and and supported by by WorkSafe BC. So the um, the Manufacturing Safety Alliance uh, of BC was founded um, you know over ten years ago now, and is was really kind of put together as as a uh, as, a, as an advisory uh, organization and training organization to help right. manufacturers um, understand uh, the importance of employee safety, help them work through, um, you know, making improvements. And, and it's been, um, a, you know, an incredible organization that's grown tremendously over the years um, and, and, and has, has really made a dramatic impact on the, on the, health and safety of, of, of British Columbians. You know, it's been right. made tremendous reductions in, in injury rates and, and incidents and, and um, you know, made, made massive improvements, um, you know, with WorkSafe BC's uh, support as well. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great organization. It's a voluntary position. Um, and, and, you know, the people that sit on the board, you know, we're all passionate about safety. We're all passionate about <clears throat> improving the um, the lives of British Columbians. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a pleasure to do that. Yeah, no, that's great. And which which is probably I mean let's let's start with that. I mean when we're talking about skills on the way to the to the C suite, operating on a board, working with the board, working a, a, with an association or uh, something that where you're you're giving back to to industry. How does that fit into someone who's planning a career? How do they get involved with that? And the second part would be, what value have you gotten from that uh, as a career move? Right. Yeah. Um, so, so first and foremost, you know, um, it, it's it's. I've sat on several boards uh, over the years, and um, I, I get tremendous value from you know other board members. Right. Like we're we're all right, learning yeah. from each other. We're all, um, you know, uh, networking beyond, you know, our own industry as well. It's not just food manufacturing, but it's manufacturing in general. Um, and, and so there's a there's an incredible amount of value that you can personally gain from um, learning from other industries, learning from other industry professionals. Um, but but you've got to put into it as well, right? Like it's a, it's a two way street. 
Um, anybody sure. that's looking to participate in a board, you know, um, this is not just a resume builder. It just it's not just so your resume looks cooler. Um, it's really important that 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 you operate and you contribute and and drive value as being part of that board. Um, and so I've I've always uh, been you know fairly selective around my decisions on on which boards I partner with. Right. Um, always made sure that I I have the time and I have the energy and I, and I have the passion um, to create value on that board because um, it, it's it's a waste of a seat on that board if if you're not prepared to commit to it and um, yeah and so so yeah for for anybody that's kind of you know you know moving through their career. And, and they're fortunate enough to get an opportunity to participate in a board, think about carefully what you can bring to the table, um, how you can contribute and create value for that organization, and also what are you looking to get in return for that? Um, and, and many, many times, especially with not-for-profit or voluntary boards, there's no financial benefit to doing this. This is not about, you know, picking up a board stipend or anything. This is this is about development. It's about personal development. It's about building networks and building yeah. uh, building um, you know collaborative relationships with with people within that that sector. Um, so it's been it's been incredibly beneficial to me um, as I've you know um, progressed through my career to to you know reach out and, and be part of these organizations. Yeah, no, I, I I really agree with you. I'm I'm a part of a, an organization where there's 40 independently owned search firms, and if you don't care about what you're doing, it's just a resume builder. You you because it's work. You you're, you're giving back. It it takes time. So you you have to think through what it is that you're doing so that it's it's a mutually beneficial outcome for sure. So let's let's talk a bit more about. Um, but your path to where you are now. So you had been operating as the COO of some pretty substantial organizations. A little bit further into your career, you spent what, like a decade with Maple Leaf Foods as well? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, uh, in North America? Yes, uh, I did. Uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll give you the, the the literally, you know, one minute overview of, of where I started my, my journey. Um, because... Um, you know, I started my journey, uh, and I'm going to take you all the all the way back to my, you know, to my childhood. Um, my, my mother was always in the food industry, and she was, um, you know, a real blue collar, hardworking, um, tough and rough kind of, you know, food production worker. I mean, I remember as a child, um, you know, how she would, you know, demonstrate to you know, these big, uh, you know, muscly men on how to actually uh, do hard jobs. And, and, and uh, you know, she always had that mantra that if she could do it, that, that the expectation is, is that anybody could do it. Yeah. Um, so, so my career started early on, you know, when I was a child and my mum being, being in the food industry. And, and, and that's what led me to start in the food industry. And, and I, was, I was really interested in, in the science of food. It wasn't just about, you know, how delicious it was or, or how nutritious it was. I wanted to know about why food did what it did. And how it how its composition was made up, uh, and so my right. early career was really in food science, um, you know, uh, quality assurance and, and product development, um, and 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 I spent many many years in the technical side of food, um, with several uh, large organisations, you know, building my experience and um, and gaining the knowledge that I needed, and 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 in um, in the late nineties, uh, I guess. Um, I was fortunate enough to be uh, given an opportunity with a, um, a consulting company out of the US and it enabled me to travel and it enabled right. me to see lots of different cultures and many different um, um, processes and manufacturing uh, companies and, and gave me uh, the chance to, to help those companies get better in terms of their, their um, food science, food safety, QA, um, uh, regulatory side. And, and it really opened up, you know, my mind and, and really gave me a breadth of knowledge that I'd, I'd never uh, had before. And, and I still kind of go back to that experience and say that was a bit of a pivot point for me in my career is mm -hmm. um, getting exposure to that kind of, you know, breadth of, of, of experience was incredibly beneficial. Um, it also gave me a, a bit of a taste to become more entrepreneurial. And, uh, and there's a there's a real value to that entrepreneurial spirit, and and then uh, and 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 when I when I 
decided that the time was right, uh, I partnered with um, uh, a company in the UK called uh, New York Bagel Company, and it was the first bagel manufacturing company in the UK. So bagels didn't exist. And, and, I, was, <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I was fascinated by it all just because, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, there was a real boom uh, in the UK about Americana. Um, you know, everybody wanted, you know, the biggest hamburger you could find. And, and bagels was one of those products where it was like, well, we don't really know what it is, but it, it's pretty cool. And it's, it's Americana and, and it's on trend. And so, and so I partnered with, with some other guys and, and, uh, and um, we grew that business out. And, and that's what led me to Maple Leaf Foods. We sold the business to Maple Leaf Foods. Oh, wow. Um, and, it, and, um, and, and it enabled me to, to then, uh, I then uh, started a career with Maple Leaf Foods. Um, in the UK, then I was the head of, of technical services for um, so you know uh, all the regulatory side and food science side. And in 2002, um, I was approached by the executive at Maple Leaf and said, "Would you like to move to Canada?" And my wife and I had always um, you know dreamed and fantasized about moving to North America one day. Uh, and I think at that point it was more about you know we want to. We want to move to Manhattan and get a downtown condo, or we want to we want to move to LA and live on the beach. And it all seems right. like a bit of a a bit of a we're looking for the unicorn kind of uh, kind of I, I, ideology. And Canada was never really on my radar until I until I worked with Maple Leaf and, and visiting Toronto a number of times and just seeing how how beautiful the country was and how fantastic the people was. It was yeah. really motivating. Um, so I, I came to Calgary in, in 2003 and, uh, and, and run the, the West Coast uh, bakery business. Um, in 2005, I'm, I went back to the UK for a, an assignment uh, that I was asked to do by Maple Leaf as we were building out a brand new facility in the UK. So we, we went back for around about nine months. Yeah. Um, completely coincidentally, my son was born back in the UK. So it was that was okay. kind of interesting. Well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then at the end of t- uh, 2005, we moved back to Canada. I spent another um, three years with Maple Leaf before um, getting an opportunity in private equity to move out to BC and run Pine Ridge Foods. Um, six years with Pine Ridge, uh, incredible experience, uh, massive growth, and, and my first real experience of private equity. And, and I was the, the VP of operations uh, for the organization. Um, we sold that company six years later, and that uh, moved me on to Gardein, uh, Garden yeah. Protein, where I took up the role of chief operating officer, and um, um, subsequently sold that company to Pinnacle Foods. Uh, very shortly after I joined, actually, it was only a few months, um, stuck around with Pinnacle for, for a, a while, helping them integrate the business in. So, so you know, what I'm doing is I'm just gaining more and more learnings, right? I'm just right. opening myself to yeah. more... Um, you know, to more different scenarios, different companies, different values, different cultures. Um, and then joined Silverhills in 2016. Um, you know, one of the finest BC companies out there for sure. Uh, family owned, tremendous family values. Just yeah. a great story of local growth, uh, entrepreneurial business. Um, Some good incredible. Some great people there, incredible products, you know, organic, non-GMO, non-glyphosate uh, product. It was fantastic. And, um, and, and, and spent uh, a number of years um, working with that organization, and it was an incredible experience. Um, what brought me to Fine Choice was, um, was partnering back with the private equity company that I was part of when I was at Pine Ridge and uh, taking on that CEO role and really stepping into that chair where... Yeah. Um, guess what, Jason? This is where the book stops, right? You're, you're taking um, you're taking your leadership to a different level at that point. Um, everybody um, depends on you much more. Everybody's looking for that guidance much more. Um, and and I was delighted to to take that opportunity on. So so I've been at Fine Choice now for right. um, a little over three months, I guess. Um, my my first day at Fine Choice Foods was the day when COVID exploded. Uh, so it's been a, <laughs> it's been an interesting journey uh, in the first yeah. few months, but um, uh, incredibly uh, delighted and proud of of how the teams managed it, and and uh, and and you know the, the organization is doing great. So that gives you a bit of a a bit of a color on you know, my career and how I've progressed and 
And, and what I've really looked for developmentally, right, is um, challenging yourself, stepping outside of your boundaries a little bit, um, not staying within your comfort zone all the time, right? It's, uh, uh, you know, the number of times I've said to my wife, I'm not sure I can actually do this, but I'm going to give it a go. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and being able to surround myself with incredibly talented people that have, um, you know, that have, have been part of my journey. So, yeah. So there's there's so many things in that story of, of where we are now that I, I, I'm excited to get into. I mean, I've, t- I've talked to a number of people over the years who say, yeah, I'm, I want to be CFO one day or I want to be CEO one day. What strikes me about your story, Jason, is, I mean, it started with this example that your your mom gave you and going into food science. And it's like it's in your blood. You've seen this business from every angle, from the ingredients to the science to mergers and acquisitions, buying and selling, leadership, every piece of the business, you've you've touched it and you've seen it. So at the beginning of that story, did did you think at that point in time, hey, one day I want to be CEO? Or how how did that become a conscious thought that I am CEO, I'm starting a business, or I'm now CEO at the role you're in now? Where did that become? What was it a conscious objective, or did it happen sort of organically as your skills grew over time? It's a great question, and I'm I'm gonna um, I'm gonna start by answering, um, you know, what my mindset was when I was, you know, 16 year old coming out of high school into the big wide world and not entirely sure what the future was gonna hold for me, and yeah. Um, you know, I was, uh, I'm very proud to this day, you know, I was raised on, uh, raised in, in a, uh, in a, a significantly underprivileged um, part of the UK and um, very proud of my roots. And, you know, there's, there's not a lot of, um, you know, th- there was never a lot of success seen and, and there was uh, a lot of challenges in the neighborhood and, and, and it was a challenging neighborhood to, to grow up in. And, um, I, I go back to my mum all the time uh, just because, you know, I saw her go out to work for 12, 14 hours a day and do what was necessary to give us what we needed um, to try and, you know, uh, set us up for success for the future. Um, I didn't really think I was ever going to be CEO, right? You know, I, I, I was looking at people on the neighborhood and looking at people. That wasn't uh, the expectation of you when you were a kid. Not or at even, all. Or even early in your career. No, I, I like I wanted to be, you know, the world's best soccer player. I mean, that was ultimately my goal, right? Like I dreamed of being Pele, and uh, <laughs> clearly I was never talented enough to to take that career path. Um, <laughs> even though, even though, still, just uh, just a, a few years ago, you know, before I finally hung my boots up, uh, I still felt I still felt like I could go back and play in the Premier League. But that's just a dream <laughs> of mine. I met my now wife when I was um, uh, almost twenty year old. And uh, she was, uh, I'd been through, at that point, I'd been through culinary school. Um, I was kind of the start of my career. I was, I was uh, starting to go to university to study food science, as well as working, by the way. I never went to full-time university. I actually studied um, part-time as well as working. Uh, and I met uh, my now wife, and she was incredibly driven academically. She was going through... Um, uh, uh, college at the time, and she was uh, got aspirations to go to university to study uh, psychology and criminal law, and, sh- and she was very driven on that side. And I have to give uh, a lot of the credit to my wife, kind of pushing me. You know, um, uh, I, I was probably punching above my uh, my weight at the time, and uh, and and I clearly recognised that if I wanted to make this a long term deal with my wife, that I needed to make something more of myself. Um, and so she she pushed me and and she pushed me in all the right directions and uh, I think really the you know the the kind of the moment at which uh, it felt like you know one day um, or when I became when I, when I started to get aspirations to be a CEO one day was when I was part of the company uh, in the UK the bagel company in the UK and it yeah. was entrepreneurial and it was high growth and it was agile. And it was everything that was exciting about being part of a startup company and being part of growing something cool. And at that point, I thought, wow. Jason, I were, you, were you a founder of that company? 
I wasn't a founder, but I was one of the uh, I was one of the senior executives of the of the company. So it was um, it was founded by actually founded by two American guys, and okay. uh, myself and one other uh, British guy joined them to to um, you know get the company going. Yeah, um, and I think it was that point where I thought. I can actually do something like I could make something of myself. Right. Um, you, you know, it was then it was the, those times where, um, you know, I'd been to New York a couple of times by then. Um, you know, we'd done a bit of traveling and it was that point where we started talking about, you know, we want to move to North America one day. And then before you know it, um, you know, I'm, I'm putting out goals 10 years from now and, and saying, well, I want to be at this level by this age. And one day I want to be CEO. And, and I think at some point, Jeremy, um, you know, my, my values are going to change. My aspirations are going to change as I, you know, as I'm, I'm not getting any younger. And I think, you know, I'm going to go back the other way. At some point, I'm going to say, I don't want to be CEO anymore. But I, I don't want that, that level of, you know, responsibility and that right. level of accountability as we come back down the other side of the, of the career graph, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where, um, you know, I want to think about, um, you know, retirement in, 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 in the, in the not too distant future. So it's, uh, yeah, so it wasn't always an aspiration. I would say, you know, by the time I was, uh, you know, mid to late twenties, I was starting to think maybe I can actually make something myself. Maybe I'm not just going to be the same guy off the neighborhood that that's, you know, going to the pub every Friday night, a soccer game every Saturday and then repeat. So, yeah. Right. So the other thing that strikes me about that is you've you've been in the same industry your entire career or are very closely related. You've been you said you met your wife like before you were 20. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of consistent I mean, even though you've moved around the world, yeah. there's been this sort of backbone of consistency as well. I mean, how 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 important or, or how does that fit into career success do you think because there's some people who've gone from one industry to another industry and it's like a chess game of how you make these moves like how, how do you look at that it's 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 a great um it's a great question jeremy and um i'm gonna i'm gonna answer it by uh, a couple ways and, and, and i'm gonna give you some learnings around um why why industry is important but but um what I found through my career is that I've progressively um, opened the, my bandwidth or my my skill set in in the same industry, but in different functional areas. So, starting in a regulatory science um, um, kind of you know uh, quality assurance uh, product development position, gave me a lot of the inside of how you should make food, why you make it a certain way, right? It wasn't until I moved to Canada that I moved from the science function to an operations function. And, and the operations function was like, it was like taking a whole new job all over again. So sure, yeah. you know, the number of years I'd spent in the food industry learning about the science side was great, but I didn't come into the operations role. Like I actually, moving from the UK to Canada, I actually took a step back in position in terms of seniority. So you know, you've got this career progression that's a graph going up. And when I moved to Canada, I came down because I knew I needed to learn operations from ground up, right? And and I saw that there was so much um, developmental so opportunity. That, that, that wasn't a move to Canada thing as it was a change of function thing for you? That, it that... Was, yeah, it was the move to Canada get opened up an opportunity for me to move functional departments. Um, right, but it, it, from a, from a seniority and career trajectory perspective, you said okay, well, you were kind of this on this trajectory, and then you move from the food science to the ops side, and you kind of did this little dip. Yep. But that that wasn't because of a change of location; it was a change of function. Because I know some Correct. people when they come to a new country, they have a very difficult time nope. integrating into the market. It, it was nothing to do with a change of country. It was everything to do with the fact that. Um, the executives at Maple Leaf said, we see something in this guy. He's done a phenomenal job on the science side. We'd love to get him in the operations side, but he's not ready for a director or VP role. He's probably ready for a plant manager role. And, um, 
and and that's a much you know it's 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 a lower position than where I was in the UK. And I thought about that a lot, Jeremy, because a lot of people do get hung up on titles and do get hung up on I need to continually progress. Sure. Yeah. I still I still progressed, right? I I I, I took a dip on on title and seniority level to take more development so that when I'm ready to become a VP of operations or a or a, a chief operating officer, I've got a much wider breadth of knowledge of food manufacturing in total. And and that was an important step for me. I could have continued on my science path and, and one day I would have been a chief science officer or or whatever. But I don't I, I feel like I wouldn't have got to a CEO level without doing more functional variables than just one functional department. Right. Right. Yeah. And and going into that operations role was pivotal. And getting the job with the private equity firm to move out to Vancouver was another development opportunity for me because now there were sales and there was marketing and there was other things that I needed to learn. Um, and so it wasn't it was almost like a it was almost like a um, you know, I was taking two steps back so that I could make ten steps forward faster than I would have done without that process, right? Did you feel like you knew that that was going to happen while you were doing it? Because if I put, you know, I think there's some people who listen and go, oh, I'm in that situation right now. Am I making the right move? Like, did you always have the confidence that the, what you were doing was the right thing? Or was it, did it feel like a bit of a gamble? Like, hey, maybe if I should just stay doing this, it feels a little more secure. Do you recall your mindset? Um, I do. And and so so not not just the fact that there was a kind of almost a step backwards, um, but I was moving to the other side of the world. Yeah, sure. And, um, you know, moving away from family, moving outside of your comfort zone. Um, I was moving to a country where I was here on a work permit, and should I not be successful and that work permit not be extended, I'd be back on a plane and back to the UK. Um, you know, it was, it, was, it was scary to think about at the time. Um, but it was, a, it was a risk that I thought was manageable. It was something that I thought the rewards were worth it. Um, did it give me some sleepless nights? Absolutely. Um, but I always thought um, moving to Canada was the right decision. And I always thought taking a step back into a different functional area would give me the ability to be more attractive for future mm -hmm. opportunities. Um, so, yeah, it was deliberate in many, many ways. Now, it could have gone the other way. Yeah, I could have got over here and um, I could have, you know, not performed on the operations side and and, uh, and 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 it could have been a challenge. What I go back to every time, though, Jeremy, and, and I, you know, we haven't touched on this yet, though, is um, I'm only as good as the people that I surround myself with. And when, when I arrived in Calgary, my, you know, my first real port of call was to say, do we have the right people on the bus sat in the right seats that's going to make this company successful? And, it's, and it, it doesn't matter whether you're a scientist or an engineer or an operations yeah. supply chain professional. Leadership is the same no matter what you do. And people will be the same no matter what you do. And so I was very comfortable coming into this role thinking, you know, I don't know everything about operations, but I'm going to find people that do. And I'm going to make sure I surround myself with people that are going to be successful with me. And, and that's key. Um, nobody can do it by themselves. If anybody thinks they know everything and anybody thinks that they can be going there and, and be a savior, um, they are wildly mistaken. It is all about yeah. team and it is all about uh, bringing the right talent to the table. So if that's such an important thing, I, I, I agree with you. This is, this is exciting for me. So if that's such an important thing, someone who's listening to this goes, okay, so it's, it's, you know, it's about surrounding yourself with the right people. How have you gone about surrounding yourself with the right people? How did you develop the leadership skills, the ability to do that? Did you have a mentor? Was it innate? How did that come together for you? Because if I, if that's what I aspire to do, how do I start to integrate some of those things into what I'm doing now to develop those skills, to put myself, to give myself a chance for that to occur for me? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great question. Um, again, when I think about mentors, I'm going to go all the way back to my mom again. Um, I was still calling my mom. In fact, I still call my mom today. 
hey, mom, I've got this business challenge. What would you do? Um, and I'm not suggesting my mum's always right, although I, she is in my eyes, but um, she was she was the one that, um, you know, helped me develop the early skills, right? She was the one, um, you know, when I was 17, 18 year old, and I really didn't feel like going to work today. She was the one throwing me out of bed and kicking me downstairs. Like she was the one that inbred some of these values that, that I try and, um, you know, foster in other people today. So I go back to my mom as, as my original kind of inspiration and mentor. When I moved to Canada, and, and, I, and I'm going I'm to make a statement that I think is really, is really important for people to think about. You don't choose the company you work for, you choose the boss you work for. Because um, there are lots of great companies out there um, who, who have leaders that are, that are challenged. And um, when I moved to Canada, I was fortunate enough to get um, a boss who was, um, who was incredibly developmental for me. Um, he taught me lots of things. He was, he was very, um, he, he, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't wrap me in cotton wool. He was very direct and very honest about, uh, what I was good at and what blind spots and what challenges I had. And he helped me develop through those challenges. Right. And, yeah. um, he always said to me that, um, he'd, he'd, his career was so successful because he'd surrounded himself with the right talent and just provided them with the guidance that they needed. And, uh, and that stuck with me in every role and every job uh, that I've ever done. Um, you, you know, the, the, as, as, a, as a CEO, um, you know, and it's a bit of a cliche, but um, people need to see you as the, as the captain of the ship, right? You've got your hand on the wheel. Um, and you're, 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 pushing, you're pushing the ship in the direction you want the ship to go. You need a lot of people driving those oars for that ship to go, the, you know, to get yeah. momentum on that, on that ship. Um, and, and so, you know, again, yes, I've had mentors and I've had business coaches, especially since I've moved into, you know, more of that C-suite role. Um, I do have uh, executive coaches today that I reach out to um, because I, I don't know all the answers. Like, often I know few of the answers, right? It's, it's, um, uh, you've, you've, you've got to stay humble. You've got to stay grounded. You've got to realize that, um, you don't have the answer to everything and it's great to reach out. It goes back again to the value of being, uh, part of a board, right? Is that right, yeah. you have, yeah. a, you have, a, you have a network of people that have different values, different cultures, different beliefs, different visions and they're incredibly valuable um to me personally right it's not a, not abnormal for me to reach out to a fellow board member and say you know I, i'm having this challenge you know have you been through it uh you got any advice for me you know what what do you think and and you talk it through and you know you rationalize on what should be done um, yeah so yeah having having mentors that can be meaning, meaningful for you um is important and i'm and i'm really proud to say that i've you know i've 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 given back that way as well. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I, I work with a lot of younger, you know, up and coming people that are looking for that um, experience right. and, that, and that mentorship. And I really enjoy that. Like uh, I, you know, I, I'll go have coffee with them and we'll talk through some things if they're having some, you know, some, some challenges with, um, you know, the number of times I get people calling me saying I'm having a real challenge with my boss right now. And I'm like, well, I can't really tell you tell you much about you know what your boss thinks, but I can help you try and navigate how to figure out what's going on. Um, yeah. yeah, I wasn't planning on asking you this, but it just kind of popped into my mind. Um, management or, or and leadership and the the lack of skill. In, in those areas, everyone can talk about how they've had a bad boss or a difficult boss. And because people end up in, in don't, maybe they don't end up, but people who are in management and leadership roles, there's a bell curve to everything. There's, there's some that are really good. There's some average managers and some really bad managers. Yep. Um, why, why do you think it's so pervasive that there's, that many people have difficulty with their leadership? Um, there's so many people that, are in one of those roles and they, they didn't have that 
mentor. They, they're, they're in the role, then they have to, okay, now I have to figure it out. And if, unless you have a desire to really be able to, to reach in and, and help someone along, as opposed to just do your job as the manager or director or VP of whatever, why do you think there's, that's such a pervasive thing in business that there's people that have a, a challenge with their, with their boss? Um, I'm not sure I have a definitive answer for that. Um, but what I can tell you is, um, you know, through my progression, uh, what I find, what I found to be, you know, really successful for me is when I go into a new role or I go into a new company or I, you know, I'm going to be going working for a new boss. Um, I'm assessing almost interviewing uh, whether that's a good fit for me as well. And I'm, and I'm, in, and I'm, and I'm, I'm incredibly descriptive and direct with those people to say, this is how I like to work and this is how I like to be supported. And if that doesn't work for you, I'm okay with that, but we probably shouldn't engage, right? Uh-huh. And, um, you know, whether it's just by fortune or by consequence or whatever, um, it's always worked out. And um, for those people that, you know, get into roles uh, and, it doesn't, and it doesn't work out, if you've got the self-confidence and the belief in yourself, you can still make a choice to deselect yourself from that boss or from that organization. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. I know it's not easy. I know it sounds easy. I know it's, you know, people have... Uh, financial commitments that they have to be aware of and, 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 you know, just general challenges. But um, if you don't feel like you can make the right headway, then you have to make some personal choices. Mm-hmm. And, and those personal choices are, are a couple of different directions. You can, uh, you can try and continue to work through those challenges and just have direct conversations, right? Um, or you can deselect. And, uh, and and there's only you can decide what the right solution is. Yeah. Um, the, I I don't I don't think there is you know a real you know right and wrong, uh, or, or I don't think there's a magic potion that I can tell you that works perfectly. Um, yeah. All I can all I can say is that um, you know most uh, most bosses are looking for authentic, genuine um, people that that you know want to do better. Um, want to align with the company um, and want to make a, a career for themselves. And, yeah. Um, it, it's it's not easy, and and it, and it gets um, it, it it's also like generational differences need to be understood, right? Like for sure, you know, yeah. Different generations require different things. They're motivated by different uh, parameters. Um, great leaders understand that great leaders um, are, fle- are flexible enough to work through that and be accommodated yeah. understanding about people's different needs. Um, I read a great article, a great um, uh, article yesterday on culture in BC and how it's so different to many other provinces and, and states in the US um, just because of the lifestyle uh, differences. And, um, you know, we're, we're in BC, we're in incredibly influenced by the tech industry, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's lots of tech industries and tech industries tend to be incredibly progressive, right? Uh, from, a, from a people and culture point. And, um, and manufacturing industries tend to not be uh, for the most part, right? And, um, you know, we have to, we have, as leaders, we have to be, uh, open and agile to making changes necessary to uh, to attract the right talent, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but so so yeah, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's a silver bullet that fixes it. It's 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 a challenge, um, but ultimately you have to make the right decision for your you know for you personally, right? Yeah. Well, this is this is one of those things where for me, I'm I'm on a bit of a quest to try and get people to look at their work. So we talk about, you know, industry insights, you know, getting work to work better for you. So when you're looking at your work, do you look at your work as a job or do you look at your your work as a career? 
if you have a longer time perspective and you look at it from a career perspective and you take some of the pieces that you've talked about here where so much of it is based on the people that you have around you. You can't figure everything out. You don't have all the answers. But if you've got the ability to align yourself with the right people, that can be an incredibly powerful thing and career asset where I believe a lot of people go wrong is they don't put enough time into intentionally building that for them and looking at it as a career asset. A lot of people will only consider looking for, uh, consider what that means when it's time to make a, a job change. Whereas I believe that you should be in the mindset where you're always looking at building your network. You should yeah. always be creating relationships and looking for opportunities to expand your network because that has compounding interest or co a compounding effect over the life of your career. So that instead of looking for a job, if you want to make a change or you need to make a change, you've already done all the work you need because you, and you have the relationships that you need in order to kind of author your way in an effect as opposed to applying to job postings. Now, yeah. that's something that's going to be required at some point, but if you intentionally put the effort in and, and look long-term, I think it can be a very powerful thing from a career, career management perspective. Exactly, exactly. I, 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 I always, you know, the advice I give to, you know, the folks that, that I'm, you know, fortunate enough to mentor is build um, your, your, you are your own personal brand, right? Think mm -hmm. about it that way, right? Be active in networking, right? Get yourself out there. Push yourself into uncomfortable situations to network with people, right? Absolutely. Um, Build, you have to be willing to get uncomfortable a bit. Right. Um, don't build your resume in terms of work profile. Build your resume in terms of um, who you've connected with, who have you influenced, right? I mean, I, if I could, if I thought for one minute that, uh, that uh, people would um, appreciate a resume written this way, you know, there's your typical resume talks about your roles, where you've been, what you've accomplished, uh, uh, if I could write my resume by saying, um, these are the people, these are the unbelievable and talented people that I've had the, uh, I've had the pleasure of working alongside. Um, I think my resume would look way more cool if I could just put a, li a list of people who I respect and, and, and who I would hire over and over and over again. Um, and then the other piece of advice I give people that's, again, back to your own personal brand is become somebody who people want, right? Um, become somebody who, if you need to make a decision to, you know, make a different selection in your career, um, you, sh you need to be in a position where you can pick up a phone and say, hey, I'm available. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Because, because if you've got that kind of reputation, um, Aside from the, you know, the financial challenges that businesses go through, um, if, if, if there are people that, that call me and say, hey, Jason, uh, you know, and they're on my, you know, they're on my roller deck of high caliber talent, I may not even have a position available, but if they call me and say I'm available, I want them. And I'm going to figure it out. Right. I'm going to figure it yeah. out because I know they're going to generate value and I know they're going to generate culture. Um, yeah. and, um, so be, be that person, that's the brand you've got to build. Right. And, um, I think a lot of people miss that, right. A lot of people see it as, um, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm driven by accomplishments, which is great. Everybody wants to see accomplishments. Yeah. Um, so this, but, this is what we're talking. It's, it's a mindset, right? It, it, it's how you think about this. We talk about skills and mindset to develop on the way to the C-suite. It's that so this is full circle. It brings us all the way back to when we first started talking about your your role with the uh, within associations um, and and not for profit organizations. If we go into those situations going, to, what's in it for me? Sure, there's an element of what you know strategically. Does this make does this make sense? But you've got to be prepared to give back. You've got to think long term. So if you're just thinking job, or you go to a networking event and only think, okay, what can I do? We need to be going to those. I think with how can I serve? How can I give back? How can I help? How can I create um, 
something of value over the long term, you get way more out of that as opposed to just a transactional one-time thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So the, the other, I guess the other thing I wanted to talk about is, is give a, give people a little bit of a, of an insight. So you, I mean, you, 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 you've navigated, navigated through your career, you've sat on boards, um, but you've got a very active life outside of work as well. Um, you're a father, you've got a family, you've got a son who, who, who's very active in sports. How do you manage all of that with all of this? I have a terrific wife, first and foremost. <laughs> Maybe I should really just be interviewing your wife and your mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, no, I, I, I do. And, and, um, and, and I think it's important um, to have a supportive partner, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, somebody that will, um, you know, help you through this journey. You know, um, I've moved across the world. I've moved province to province, even prior to moving to Canada, we moved around uh, the UK and um, you've got to have, you know, a special alignment with your partner uh, to, to for, for, you know, for that to happen, right? There's got to be a, a tremendous amount of trust. There's got to be, um, you know, a tremendous amount of alignment. And I think that's important, right? Um, so, so yeah, we, you know, my, my wife, uh, supports me with our son and 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 like you said he's he's extremely active you know she's she's almost uh she's almost uh, as big a, a chauffeur as she is a mother uh you know driving him from rink to rink and all over the place um yeah. so so you know having having that you know support even and, and i'm and i'm very fortunate where um my wife's been able to be a, a stay-at-home mom and not everybody has that uh as that uh, luxury um, but you've got to be able to share in that responsibility as well, right? Like it's not, Absolutely, I don't, I don't, yeah. you, you can't just, you know, I, I have a very busy day every day at the office and some days are more stressful than others and some days are more challenging than others. Um, they're all equal, equally as rewarding, uh, but some days you're more tired and some days you're more energized and, and that's just normal human nature. And um, And it's no different for my wife, she gets tired doing what she does and so we have to find that balance so that i can be supportive of her and she can be supportive of me um but it really is about balance and um and and i really try to encourage that throughout the organization is um i love to see people working hard it's 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 invigorating but you've got to find time to recharge you've got to find time to relax you've got to find time to be active and 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 do some of the things that, that you enjoy doing that's not so work related you know i mean as a uh, I, I i won't uh, i won't lie to people as a as a senior executive in a company you are 24/7 switched on and you have to be and that's a mm-hmm. that's a sacrifice you've got to be prepared to take right um, but but there are times you've got to you've got to switch it off a little bit and, and make sure that there's balance there right so yeah. so yeah I mean, it's Everybody's got multiple balls to juggle and keeping those balls in the air is sometimes difficult, but you, you figure it out. And um, again, it's going to go full circle all the way back to having the right team. Because if I need to be involved in everything, yeah. every personally day, and professionally, right? It's, it's, it doesn't work, right? And, uh, and having people you can trust to make the right decisions and, and giving them the, uh, giving them the autonomy and the, and the, um, the engagement to, to feel confident doing that is really important. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Amazing. Well, we, we've got, we could talk for a, a lot longer. I'm again, I'm, I really appreciate you taking the time on a busy afternoon to do this and impart some, some lessons for the folks that are going to listen to this. Um, so, I mean, I, I know there's going to be a lot of value and it, it's, it's sometimes it's those things where it might not be necessarily what you think, but it's, it's the people element of it, if we, as we kind of bring us to the close and summarize, it's the people element, the people that you surround yourself with. It's thinking long term. Um, it, it's staying with it. It's consistency. Um, the the way that you treat people. These are all very very important things um, to be able to to have a lasting career and one that really impacts and, and helps helps other people as well. So, yeah, Jason, for sure. You know, you know my you know my my closing words as such. Uh, I, you know, I just want to remind people, 
I'm not the smartest guy. I never will be the smartest guy. I'm seldom the smartest guy in the room, and I'm okay with that. Um, I'm not the most talented guy in the room, and I'm okay with that. And um, I, I don't, you know, I, I can't be successful without other talented people and and, uh, <clears throat> and and a level of mutual respect between each other. And so anybody that's building a career in leadership needs to, you know, recognize that, needs to be humble. Uh, there will be tough times. There will be tough decisions. There will be, um, there will be really painful decisions you have to make, um, whether that's uh, making a decision on an individual or a team or um, – there, there are times that are painful and, and, uh, but, but having, you know, to go back to what you said, having the right people around you is absolutely critical. It's, it's the, it's, it's leadership 101. Whenever, you know, whenever I've been fortunate enough to walk into a business, um, I look at the people, that's what I'm interested in. I want to see who's there. I want to see, um, you know, what, what they bring to the table. I want to see, whether they're the right fit from a values perspective, uh -huh. um, but 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 um, you know never forget that every day is a learning, right? Every day you learn something new. Um, it's a continuous um, you know path of development, right? Like it's not you're not going to know all the answers, um, but if you want to if you want to get the answers, you've got to be prepared to learn and you've got to be prepared to develop yourself and develop people around you right i mean i see so many organizations where you know they hire a, a let's say a junior accountant and and they stick them in the corner of a room and say you know do your number crunching and give me the reports um it's more than that right it's developing them to know more more than just accounts right like expose them to other things um get them excited about the future right it, it's it's uh it's it's a human thing, right? Like business is right. all about it, it, business is all about you know human capital, and uh, and and leaders can't forget that they should never forget that. There you go. Couldn't be couldn't be said any better. Um, so I, I hope I hope those that uh, have a a real desire to 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 advance in their career and succeed take take that to heart. Um, well, we'll close it there. Thank you so much, Jason. My pleasure. Thanks for the invite, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Thank you.